Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 14. You've only got one body and one life at the end of the day, and I'm just, in my opinion, I'm like, why would you not look after it? Like, I want to be happy in my skin and things like that. Like, we have days where we like, could be a bit bigger, could be a bit skinnier. But overall, if you can look back and be like, I was healthy and uh, all my family were healthy, that's, I think that's the biggest win of all time. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. Each week, we dive deep into uncovering the difference between the average and the awesome. We talk with thought leaders, business moguls, health and fitness professionals, and world-class athletes as we look for the secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, folks, and today we have another really fun interview with an athlete, a friend of mine who was a professional kayaker on the British national team, and, uh, and then as he got more into fitness, he actually switched his focus and his discipline into full-on bodybuilding, and now he competes as a bodybuilder and is also a personal trainer in fitness and weightlifting. Anyway, it's a really cool interview, and we get to talk about how he made that transition from one sport to another, um, what his training and workout regimen is, as well as like what his food and nutrition uh, intake look like, which honestly really surprised me quite a bit. I guess I had some preconceived notions of what a bodybuilder uh, might eat and, and what their workout might look like. And, and it was definitely different than what I was thinking. So super cool to listen to that. Uh, he also gives some great tips on how to work out uh, and how to lift weights if you definitely are trying to build muscle. And then we really get into and talk about success and happiness and how he truly believes that if you can just be happy, then that is the definition of success, which is something I totally agree with. Anyway, there's all sorts of amazing thoughts in here, and I think you guys are going to get some value out of this. Um, but as a heads up, there are some inappropriate language um, and maybe just a couple F-bombs dropped. So just throwing that out if you are listening to this with some younger ears um, and giving you that warning now. But let's wait no longer and jump into it, and let me introduce Brandon Hepburn. Well, welcome, um, Brandon, to that. Art of Awesome podcast. Stoked to have you here. Brandon is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we kind of grew up paddling together. Uh, he was part of the British um, national team, going to different national events and, and stuff like that, and, and traveling around the world competing and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I've known Brandon for a long time. But you have recently, or maybe not so recently, but kind of transitioned a little bit from kayaking into more of the fitness, fitness coach, bodybuilding world. Um, so tell us a little bit about about that transition. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one because I kind of, I started juggling both, I guess. Um, I got picked up through a supplement company whilst I was kayaking. So I kind of got dragged into the fitness industry through them slightly. Um, initially kind of just went for a photo shoot with them just to update website stuff. 
Um, I actually like, I went that they wanted all kind of the kayaking equipment to be in it. So I was like, cool, I brought my boat, brought my paddle and things like that. Um, and then everyone there was kind of like, they were a trainer. They were kind of like you said, like a fitness model, whatever they were. They were all kind of like quite big in the industry. And I was like, so how do you guys earn money? Like, how do you guys do what you do? And they were like, oh, I'm a, I'm a trainer, like a fitness trainer or a personal trainer. And I was like, that's sick. I'm going to do that. Because then I get to like work out, go kayaking and do like do everything. Um, and then kind of just further down the route, I, it, I literally just kind of just got dragged one direction, really. Um, I just got dragged into it. Obviously, the working hours was ridiculous on a gym floor, super busy. And it just kind of just kind of the fitness bodybuilding route just overweighs kayaking really um and that's it my love for it is still there if someone says get in a boat now be like yeah 100 percent, i'll do it um but just kind of it's just got pushed to the um push the side really and that's it that's cool and so did did it start then with like getting into the fitness and nutrition aspect of it was that then through you know kayaking and you you just were trying to you know, build a better physique for kayaking and then you, you fell in love with the, the kind of gym world and that kind of thing? Or, or how did that like, a little bit more just like, how did that transition kind of really happen other than just this, you know, photo shoot? Yeah, so um, I started kind of going to the gym a bit more seriously, kind of when I kind of got past juniors in a sense. I was like, I always use like Chonker as an example. I was like, the dude was a unit. So I was like, if I need, I need to get bigger and stronger sort of thing. I need to start working out and things like that. So I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, I was just like, cool, let's just do some biceps and let's do some chest and push-ups. Um, and I pretty much, it was kayaking that kind of got me fitter. And then I even remember doing it. I remember doing a loop and I was like, shit, that was like, that was really strong, like really explosive. And I was like, oh, it's probably just the gym and things like that. Um, and that, that is kind of it. So it, the main reason getting into it was to actually get better at kayaking. And then it just kind of just unraveled from there and then I just enjoyed I think it's like anything when you see results or you get like for example like when you won worlds or something like that it's just like you're hooked you get that buzz and you get that extra kick and it's kind of the same as seeing results like as soon as you see results you want more and more it's like if someone gives you a hundred bucks you're like well it's nice but now I want 150 bucks it's kind of like that um and that's literally all that happened and now it's just that path of like I'm just never satisfied that's that's cool um, so you also, I mean, in that transition into, you know, the, the fitness bodybuilding world, you got into competing, uh, at some bodybuilding competitions and stuff like that. How does that compare? Do you get that kind of same competition buzz? I mean, just like walk us through how a, a bodybuilding competition works. It's exactly the same to be honest like you know exactly so for example you've got like a world championships next year and that's your goal you train towards that goal you know for example it's going to be on that certain feature so you train exactly the same process right you break it down i'm going to be it's a bit different it's a bit more structured i guess maybe so you're like right i need to be potentially gaining trying to gain muscle for a year and then right from july 1st to the competition which will be 16 weeks you're going to diet down. So let's see what you've built over that year. Um, the buzz is very different. Like there's a lot of suffering that goes involved and a lot of restrictions, I guess you could call it. Um, 16 weeks of dieting isn't the best, um, but you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it sort of thing. It, it does get hard towards the end. Obviously food's very low. You're trying to train just as hard. Um, it's, I would never say it's, it's enjoyable because you love it, but the process is probably not that enjoyable um 
so and but when you're actually at the event it's like anything when you're at any big event you buzz off everyone there's people there there's audiences there's crowd there's music and things like that and it's exactly the same buzz like any other sport i think you do get that buzz and then obviously afterwards you get to have like a crazy good meal so and it's the same sort of thing it's like you say it's it you you'd win and no like worlds and you'd have a couple of beers you'd have a good meal you celebrate it's the same sort of thing um but i think it's just the process is just more it's just a longer process i guess it's almost like it's like anything it's like training for the olympics like everyone that's trained for the olympics this year i'm like they've just gone eight four years of training to be like nah guys we're not going to do it and you're like i know how that feels that's brutal yeah that's crazy i mean yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like right now for to be an Olympic athlete and not going to the Olympics with with the whole COVID nineteen going on. Um, how has that affected you guys in both the bodybuilding world, but also as a as a fitness coach? Like, how have you you know dealt with that? What are the obstacles, and and how have you pivoted because of it? I think I think it's all this all comes down to the individuals themselves. I think like even yourself, you're a very positive person and there's only one way to look at it. Like we're all in the same situation. It's not the best situation, but I think it's just the year's been put on hold, I guess you can put it. And sometimes for me, I'm like, well, that's going to benefit me. I was, I spent two years out trying to grow muscle and I was supposed to be back on stage this year. And I'm like, well, spoke to my coach. I'm like, well, this isn't going to happen, isn't it? It, it will happen because competition is still going ahead, but do you want to compete in that type of environment, all these restrictions, all this sort of stuff? Probably not. Next year is going to be more fun. You're going to have that buzz of the en like energy of the, the event. Um, so we just thought, well, you'll be bigger and better next year. And you're like, well, it's true. And I think it's the same as any Olympic athlete or whatever it is. You're like, well, I've just been given an extra year to potentially get better at my craft. Um, and I think that's the only way you can look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the best way is to have that, you know, I call it that the the silver lining aspect or, or mentality where no matter what goes wrong, you're you're always trying to find that that positive aspect that you could be like, well, yes, the competition's, you know, canceled or delayed or put off, but I get an extra year to train harder and like get better and whatever. So there's always a way to like try to flip every scenario upside down and, and look at it from a different angle. And I think when you look at it with that positive angle or positive aspect, it's just so much better for sure. And I think people have actually like, I think people have needed this. Like realistically, we've, this is, I think the way you kind of, it's like a four month vacation. Like you've been given four months to kind of like, it's up to you what you want to do. If you want to use it as a holiday, if you want to do what you want, you can do that. Um, I know many people that have built businesses in this time that have changed their life in this time. Um, even when it comes to people's fitness, people have got fitter because they're doing it for their own head. Like you've been locked up inside for your house. You're like, people are getting fitter. They're looking after what they eat purely because they, they, they need to feel better somehow. And the only thing that they control is actually consuming food, like eating better and actually getting out and going for a run. I feel like more people have got healthier in lockdown than when they were out drinking, partying, all this sort of stuff. And it's probably the same in like, I guess the States, where, wherever you are in the world, people are doing physical activity for the right reasons now, which is actually to look after your head. No, I, t I totally agree. And being, being at home, it, it has definitely advantages in the sense that you can you get to control what you're eating. You get to, you know, kind of set your own daily routine, whatever it is. Um, and it gives that opportunity as well to really think like, okay, I've got, you know, however many hours today, what am I going to focus it on? Um, 
And yeah, so again, it's, it's that silver lining aspect of just kind of like trying to figure out whether you're in, you know, home lockdown or, or whether you're just, who knows, maybe, maybe you, you know, you got laid off or whatever, but when you're at home, you can figure, you know, what can I do? How can I better myself in this, in this time and place? Um, and you were talking about, you know, eating and, and eating right at home. How do you, I mean, there's like a million different diets and programs out there and, you know, you can find, you can find someone online that will, you know, advocate any type of eating or diet or whatever. And some people are like, oh, you've got to do all protein. You got to do all carbs. You got to do, you know, like no water. You got to do only water. Like there's just so many different versions out there. What, what do you live by? And what do you, um, I guess promote when, when you're doing your fitness coaching? You eat for your goals and your lifestyle. It's that simple. So your lifestyle is, well, actually our lifestyles are quite similar. You do a lot of exercise, um, so you need a lot of fuel. It's very simple. It depends on if you're an office worker, you don't need much fuel. You don't need much energy. You just sit at a desk. And it all just comes down to finding a diet that's, this is the thing. It's like, if you're doing a diet, in my head, that's, that's a short-term thing. It's not sustainable for your rest of your life. So my mission for like coaching it's like, yeah, I can write you a diet plan, but it's not going to help you because like, if it was a diet plan, I'd be like, right, let's go oats in the morning. Let's do this. I'm like, you don't want to do that seven days a week. You want to go out for dinner. You want to do this. So it's finding, it's, it's changing your lifestyle changing your habits. Pretty much what you said about routine. It's like gaining more knowledge. And as a coach, my mission is just to educate people. Like, I don't want to be your coach forever. That is kind of the goal. Like, if you want to stay with me, that's cool. That's great. I appreciate it but I want you to have the knowledge and the skills to go off and do this. And I think it's really simple with a diet. Like it's like, as a kid, it's like eat your vegetables. I'm like, yep, yeah, eat your vegetables, really good micronutrients. And you, I don't know if you got it in the States, like we have a plate and it says some of your plates should be carbohydrates. Some should be protein and some should be kind of vegetables. And I'm like, that works. Do that. <laughs> so almost all the stuff that's really obvious. I'm like basic works two to three meals a day. Perfect. Make sure you get an adequate protein throughout the day. Make sure you drink plenty of water. As soon as you become healthy, fat loss or whatever it is, is going to be a byproduct. So actually, it's not so much like we all know what to eat nowadays. Everyone's like, oh, what's good? What's bad? I'm like, you know this. You, everyone knows this. So it's like Domino's pizza, probably not the best for you on a regular basis. But if you have salmon and things like that, yeah, really good for you. So it's just about educating people to actually sometimes not put too much pressure on themselves and actually just strip it right back to basics. And that's, that's literally it. It's just educating people on building healthy routines and habits. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right where we, everybody knows this. We've probably been taught it since we were kids. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, it's just basic healthy lifestyle. Um, now, but in the same, in the same sense, you know, that from what I, the little bit that I guess I would know, the two main aspects in health and fitness are your food and intake and your exercise and output. Do you consider one more important than the other or is it kind of that yin and yang where they're both equal? They're both equal because you would eat. So say for example, like how'd you break it down? So obviously it's like you say, it's very basic math. So like obviously if you eat more than you burn, you gain weight vice versa if you burn more than you eat you'll lose weight it's just about finding that balance so obviously if you're not gaining weight you're not losing weight that's cool that means you're just eating to keep you doing what you're doing 
But obviously, if you want to drop body fat, you need to like, cool, we either need to do more or pull the food down. And vice versa, if you want to gain weight, you need to eat more and almost do less. Um, so it is just finding that balance, really. But the food sources and things like that never really change. And what about like plateaus and stuff like that? I, I mean, for the longest time, I, I was always, you know, in between 150 and 155. Um, for, I mean, pretty much as long as I could, like back when I hit puberty, pretty much like when I was like 13 yeah. or something like that. I think from then on, I was like 150 to 155. Then um, a couple years back, for you know a whole bunch of reasons but whatever um i went vegan and almost instantly dropped about 10 pounds um five to ten pounds and so now i'm like fluctuating between the 140 to you know 150 range so i still get up to like that 150 but it's still like almost like a different plateau do you find that plateau or is it just that i'm doing the same roughly the same exercises and the same eating habits and that's where I'm plateauing or is it, do you think that there's actually like plateaus that exist within the body? Um, probably when you made the change initially, what's happened is obviously you've reduced a source of food from your diet. You've reduced kind of protein really from your diet in a sense. Um, so you have to find other sources of protein, but obviously the more educated you've got, you've been able to increase your food. So that hence the weight, the weight's gone back up slightly. Um, so you're kind of kind of sitting just at another maintenance point. That's all it is. Maintenance will always change as well. So obviously the more muscle I build, the maintenance will get higher and higher because my body's using more energy and that's all it is. So potentially like if you stopped kind of training the way that you're training and you kind of just, maybe you're training four days a week, five days a week, whatever it is, but then you pull it down to three, your maintenance would drop with that over time. So it will fluctuate all the time. Gotcha. How many days a week? I mean, yeah. How many days a week are you, are you training personally? Um, two days training, one day off. Okay. So I just do two weight training sessions and then one day off. I think people always assume that you need to do like loads and like the, the smarter you get with anything, it's like do less. Less is always more. Just do less, but really good at a good intensity. And then when it comes down to any sport, your recovery is key. So sleep, hydration, putting your feet up, relaxing. Cause that's, when it comes to building muscle, that's when the muscle builds. When you train, you don't build muscle, you destroy it. So when you eat, you sleep, it'll grow. That's pretty much the foundation of it. Um, it's the same. It's like when you do, I don't know, like you do a massive, I don't know, power and you go out for like eight hours, easy, boom, that's it. Like realistically, you couldn't do that for two weeks straight. You'd be burnt out. You'd be drained. Um, it's exactly the same concept. That's it. No, I, do, I do that and I do get burned out and strained. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I probably need to rest more. How, how often are you, I mean, I, I hear it all the time where people talk about the importance of sleep. Um, and I know that I probably need to sleep more, but at the same time, I feel like I need to grind more too. Like, how do you balance that? And, and how much sleep are you doing, you know, every night or at least on your rest nights? Yeah. Do you know what, man? I think this is a big topic that's, it's definitely scaled massively in the fitness industry. I think the more knowledge we've gained with it, we've always known sleep's very important, but there's a part of me that thinks it's got overhyped a little bit. I think, you know, like when you wake up, feel tired, groggy and things like that, you're probably not getting enough sleep. Um, it could be by changing your habits slightly. It could be right. Like let's just shut off technology an hour before bed. Let's try and go to bed half an hour earlier. That half an hour might make the world of difference. I think you kind of get like, for me, if I get a, like, I'm, 
I had insomnia for a year. It was horrible. Like where I got like three, four hours sleep every night and it was grim. But then you kind of get used to running on that super low energy. So as soon as it goes up, you're like, oh my God, this feels, this is what normal is. This is nuts. Um, but for me, as long as I get six to seven, I'm absolutely fine. Um, and I think, I don't know, I don't know enough science behind it, but I think potentially genetic makeup makes a difference. Um, obviously stress, other lifestyle factors, but there's, I think you just have to go on feeling if I'm honest half the time, um, just assess and you can monitor your sleep. You can track it through apps and things like that. But personally, I found that put almost too much pressure on me to sleep. So then I actually became more stressed and anxious that I needed to sleep. And if I had, if I felt woke up feeling good and I looked at my phone, you're like, Oh, you only had 60% decent sleep. You're like, and then you just straight away, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. So I think half the time you just have to listen to your body. And like you've been an athlete for many years, you get, to, you know, that, um, you know, when you haven't had a good night's sleep, you know, when like your body feels a bit tight. Like if you do an air screw one side or oh, a bit stiff, but then the other side feels fine. You kind of, you just know how your body functions. Yeah. It goes back to kind of what you're saying where less is more sometimes where I remember I might get in trouble for saying this, but, um, uh, my <laughs> wife, my wife, Emily had the, that like one of those sleep apps or something like that. And she was tracking how much she was sleeping and there's no question. Now this was when, you know, our kids were pretty young, so we weren't getting a whole lot of sleep because of that. But, yeah. um, but when she would wake up and be like, Oh, I only got, you know, however many hours of sleep, you're instantly more likely to feel tired. I think as you're like telling yourself, Oh, I should be tired. Cause I only got this much sleep, even though, like what you were saying, you might be accustomed to it because that's what you've been doing for, you know, months and months on end. Um, as far as a fitness regimen or workout goes, like when you are working out, what kind of like, how long are you working out? How, what's the intensity? And do you balance that with any cardio or are you mainly just focused on, on, you know, pushing to your max or kind of walk us through a little bit of that? Yeah. So obviously, um, it fully depends on how often the individual can train. So realistically training is my job. Uh, same, same for you as paddling is your job. So you have to do it more than anyone else. Um, so training for me runs on, so training wise, like muscle groups, I'll do legs, a focus group, which is a weaker area for me. So that is like chest, side, shoulder, uh, rear delts, which is obviously back of the shoulder, um, and biceps. So those are my weaker areas. So I have a focus group, then I'd rest, and then I do a push workout, which is chest, shoulders, triceps. And I'll do a pull, which is a back and bicep. This training program runs over technically like a two-week rotation. So you'll have week one of exercises, week two of exercises. Then you'll re repeat sort of thing. Um, training never changes. So no matter if you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, training never changes. The mission is always to get stronger or to maintain strength, depending on your goal. Um, well, I can't even remember what the question was now. No, just, just uh, <laughs> do you like, so what you're saying is training never changes, but how does that, again, I'm just trying to figure out selfishly yeah. a little bit for me too, but um, how does, how does your gym training, do you do cardio to go with it or, or how does that kind of all fit together? So at the moment I'm doing cardio um, purely because I'm trying to drop body fat at the moment. So it's just a form of expenditure. Um, and it allows me obviously to keep calories a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for anyone I'd implement both because obviously you want good cardiovascular and of course you want that strength size to it. Um, I'd, I always get clients to prioritize their strength training over their cardiovascular. Um, 
for most people, they don't need to do cardiovascular work per se. So if someone starts out with me, I won't get them doing like, right, you need to be on a treadmill four times a week. I'm like, because most of the time it's boring. So a lot of the time I just set a step target. Um, so right, like if you've got a Fitbit, you've got an iPhone, I just need you to get 10,000 to 12,000 steps per day. That's literally it. And realistically, with the training programs, the way that I program, they're very intense. Um, it is intense training. Um, and so it should be. That's, that's how it is. Like building muscle is a very hard thing. So actually you have to work extremely hard to build that muscle. It won't be given to you. So you do need to look at training muscles to failure, a controlled failure, I always say. So it's not like collapsing with a bar on your back until you physically cannot contract or perform that movement with good technique. And that's literally all it comes down to. But I think for anyone just having that balance, but I'd always say prioritize your strength training before anything else and then your nutrition and then basic step count. That's it. So you're, you're pushing to the max on every workout that you're doing then. Yeah. Yeah. And then just make but then making sure that my recovery is there. If I'm potentially, if I'm not recovering, it could be, I might be doing one too many exercises in the session. So that's affecting my recovery rate. As long as I'm feeling recovered, I'll attack everything. Most things are pretty much to failure. They train till failure. So for example, you know how sets and reps work, I'm guessing. So um, my training is very much, I'll have a top set and a back off set. So all that means is I'll warm up very well. Say for example, we're going to do a squat. I might just warm up with the bar, warm up nice and steady, a couple of working sets, take my time warming up. That might take me sometimes 20 minutes just to get to a working weight. And then I'll literally do one set of maybe six to eight reps, but all out. And that's it. Like I couldn't do that again at that weight. Again, there's no way I might do one rep because it is that intense. And then you do a second set, but the reps go up slightly. So it means the weight's been reduced, but you train just as hard for a higher rep range on a slightly lighter load. And that's it. So a lot of time you just do two sets all out. Wow. Cool. I, I definitely learning a lot. I've got to switch up how I've been training for sure. Um, cool. So there's also like, I mean, again, back to just how there's, there's so much advice in the fitness nutrition, you know, I don't know if I would put bodybuilding in there, but definitely fitness and nutrition. What do you think like yourself personally, what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions or myths, uh, that you see in, in that space? I think people probably the biggest one is like carbohydrates make you fat, all this sort of stuff. Um, I think, I think vegan, like vegan or vegetarian, really good. Totally believe in it. I think some things they become trendy. That's all diets do and things like that. So people jump on trends. Um, honestly, I think myths wise, it's just got to be the real basic one. Like this food makes you fat. This is bad for you. This is good for you. There's no good or bad of anything. There's good nutrient dense foods and not so nutrient dense foods, but that's all it comes down to. Like, yes, cucumber has a calorie in it. Calories, everything has a calorie in it. Anything we consume has a calorie pretty much besides water. Um, so it is just, it's just about finding something that's sustainable for you. So like, how long have you been like, are you vegan or veggie? I'm, yeah, I'm vegan right now. Um, and it's been, I guess almost a year of like officially kind of being vegan, but it's been kind of doctor recommended for the most part. Um, I had this, I mean, it's a whole long story, but I had this weird thing where, um, 
my body, I would break out into full body hives randomly, like several times a day. And it was, you know, really sucky and uncomfortable. Um, and we were just trying to figure out like what is causing this. And so I went and saw lots of different doctors and, and, um, and some of them were just like, oh, this is just, you know, something that your body developed. You're just going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. And I kind of wasn't ready to just admit to that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to keep looking. Um, another one kind of told me we I did like all these different tests and he pretty much came to the conclusion like, oh, you've got all these different things that your body is like semi allergic to essentially where it's like bringing up your histamine level and then and then I'm having an over histamine reaction type thing. Um, so he gave me a huge list of things that I need to, needed to cut out of my diet, which, you know, it was a lot of meat, um, uh, a lot of fish, a lot of nuts, which sucked cause I love nuts. Um, and then it was also like weird things like, uh, peaches and spinach. And I mean, it's the, the list is like obnoxiously long. Yeah. Um, and then I went to another doctor and I talked to him about it and he was like, so I guess to start off, I started, you know, cutting all that food out. But then this other doctor was like, well, what's causing this is just stress. It's your body just like, you know, overloaded with stress and it's, this is just a, a, a reaction to it. And so I cut the foods out that I was told to, to cut out. Um, and then I also just tried to you know, stress less, which is easier said than done sometimes. Um, but I, I, you know, knock on wood, I haven't really had break a breakout in like a year. So I'm kind of, I'm stoked because, you know, that's great. But at the same point, I'm trying to figure out, okay, can I go back to reintroducing some of these foods? Was it more the stress or was it more the foods? And like, how can I, you know, do the, do the testing to figure out which was more likely the cause of it and how I can kind of, if I want to go back to eating what I was eating a year ago, whether I can start introducing some of that stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. I think like, I'm just, I'm kind of like, I would never say anti doctors on things like this, but sometimes like when you get like, like if I did like an allergy test or whatever, it's the same thing. You get a massive list and you're like, really? And it, it traffic lights, it red is bad. Amber's like, you shouldn't have it, but it's okay at times. I think the best thing is pretty much doing what you're doing. Sometimes it's good to do like, it's almost like smoking, like just stop and then try and like, maybe not smoking is a great, but bring it back sort of thing. Um, but yeah, kind of stop and just try little things. So maybe bring nuts back for like a couple of days. And if you do get any aggravations, then you're like, oh, it's, it's nuts or it could be a certain nut. And this is pretty much what I do with people that suffer with like digestive issues. Um, so it's like, right, cool. This is what we're eating. We've got a list of foods, what we eat. Let's look at removing kind of the basic ones. Let's try and cut, like, just take yogurt out of the diet for a couple of days and see if your bloating goes down. If it does, I'm like, boom, nailed it. It could be like that dairy kind of effect. And then sometimes I'm like, just stay off it for like a week and then eat it again and just see what happens. Um, and I think it's, I think foods are actually going to change all the way through your life because we, men, men even, and females go through massive hormone changes all through your life. So actually it could be hormone related and potentially stress related. And I'm more of a believer on that side. And then your body's aggravating something. And maybe now you go back to eating, you'd be like, you'd be fine because stress levels are down, potentially hormones are down. Women go through that massive change, like especially childbirth. I'm like their whole body chemistry changes literally like they are a new person from the inside almost. So sometimes they can, my mom's allergic to fish after giving birth to me. 
not a clue why, but she's like fully allergic. She'll eat it now. That's it. Sick as anything. God knows why. So it's, it, I think more the fact that it's actually a lot more hormone stress related um, than actually like realistically like nuts. I'm like, they're really good whole foods. Like it's probably not nuts that are giving you like horrific, especially if you've eaten them for so long of your life and been okay. So I think it's just trial and error with diet as well. And I did the same, like I, I ate oats for two years trying to gain weight. And then all of a sudden just bloated like hell, horrible stomach discomfort. And then I just switched to baby rice and it's fine. Interesting. But then I'll try oats again. I might be all right. So sometimes your body just builds a little bit of intolerances to it. And it almost needs like a bit of like, just give me a break sort of thing. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely need to, to, to start doing that where I just like try to introduce, you know, things one at a time and see how it does. Especially being that like one of the things that I had to cut out was coffee. And I am like, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge coffee, like I'm pretty much a coffee addict, like definitely drinking way too much coffee. And and I think that goes back to it too, where it's probably a little bit to do with moderation, like what you were saying earlier, um, because there's no question that I was drinking way too much coffee. Um, and then all of a sudden, and, and I was also same thing. So I was drinking way too much coffee and eating a ton of eggs because we had chickens here. And so I could just like go in the morning and, 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 you know, pick up the eggs. And then it found like those were two of the biggest things that were, you know, causing these um, histamine reactions and stuff. So I had to cut them out. But I wonder just how much of it had to do with the fact that maybe I was just, you know, over consumption on on a, a certain amount of things, because a lot of the things that I had to cut out were things that I would eat regularly. So I'm like, man, I just yeah, I, yeah I don't know. Like things like spinach, like honestly, it's not spinach, man. Like, do you know, what I mean, things like that. And I even think with nuts, I'm like, it's not, it's like, it's definitely if you're getting, like, you're allergic to them, but when you're not getting, like, it's definitely things like, it's, it's not that. But it's even like, the thing is, even for your, like, if you got a blood test, like, you're a very active person, you train a lot, like, if you got a blood test, some of your blood, like, levels or readings would probably not be normal because you put your body under huge stress anyway. And I think when people get, like, medical advice, medical professionals see it like it's black and white. You're either going to die or you're safe. That's kind of it. So as long as you're in those ranges, you're okay. But like, if I get my bloods done now, my, my bloods would aren't probably the healthiest bloods you've ever seen. Like protein levels through the roof, creatine levels through the roof, the stress to kind of like lipid levels are through the roof and things like that. But purely because the amount of stress you put onto the body itself. Um, so actually, probably bodybuilding, no, it's not healthy. And it's not, um, for me, it's not long-term for sure. Like, I think I'm like, I'm 24 and I've got sore knees and sore elbows. I'm like, that's not normal. So it's, it's just, it's just like, it is just having that healthy all round life. And it's like, it's when they release studies saying like a glass of wine helps beat cancer. I'm like, well, it probably does. Do you know what I mean? It's probably got some great antioxidants in it at times as well. So it is just, it's, it all depends on your goal at the end of the day. It all depends on your goal. And there's, there's no, no it's, it's nothing's perfect. It's like, it's like, if you want to break up with a girlfriend, there's no real good time to do it, but you got to do it sort of thing. And it's the same with nutrition. It's the same with lots of things. There's no perfect training program. But if I wrote you a training program, you'd probably see great results because all you do is you're just consistent with it. It's like anything else. How do you get really good at like reading a river? Like you just, I've, well, I've done it for 20 years. Do you know what I mean, that's how you get good at it. You just consistently show up and you do it. So. Yeah, that's... Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to consistency for sure. Um, there's there's something to be said about, you know, just doing it day in and day out. Now, how do you deal with, you know, you kind of said it a little bit where you said that this might not be for you long term. You're talking bodybuilding specifically less like I'm assuming, you know, health, nutrition and, you know, staying fit is, is probably something you were going to do long term because it seems, you know, that once you kind of go in that direction, it's hard to just do like a 180 twist back where you're like, oh, okay, well, that was cool. I was like, you know, one of the fittest guys ever for the longest time. Now I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat pizza and drink beer all day. Like, <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I think it's like, it's a lot of sports, isn't it? Um, saying that, that's when I'm like, well, EJ kind of just doesn't agree with it. So it's fine. <laughs> you can, <laughs> he can carry on. But like most sports have, um, have like an age range, right? Like NFL players, their career is like three years or something stupid or like nuts. Um, and I think with bodybuilding, I think when you cause that much, it's a lot better now, but when you cause that much damage and that much stress to the body, uh, there's only so much it can take until you can actually probably progress as well. So I think obviously, yes, you can keep getting better at it, better on it, but how like beaten up do you want to be in the long term? I think for me, if like I have goals with bodybuilding and they kind of see me to probably around the age of like 30 kind of thing, like early thirties. Um, and if I get to the stage, maybe I just don't love it as much and things like that, then I'll, I'll probably train exactly the same, maybe be a bit more functional, maybe look at doing like kind of more body weight exercises, things like that. Um, but still keeping kind of that bodybuilding regime, but just pull it down really simple. So I'm training five days a week now. I might just do weights three times a week, um, eat less food, probably better for my digestion, less stress on my gut. But that's it really. But like health and fitness will all be, always be a part of my life. Like the same for you. It's always going to be, that is you, that defines you. Um, it's just tweaking as you kind of just, like when you have a family as well, you change your life around that. Like, when you you and Emily were dating, it's like cool. Like we can be more selfish. Like there's no one else to think about. But now we got now we got two kids. We need a babysitter. It's it's the same kind of thing. Just your life progresses, and I think you just need to adapt around that. Yeah, for sure. And if you look at like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, obviously like one of the fittest men. I think he was. I don't know how many times he was Mr. Olympian or or what. But um, but he's like 70 years old and he's still working out and in great shape. Do you know what I mean? So it just kind of goes to say like, or goes to show that, that you don't need to like switch it off. It's not like one or the other. It's like, uh, just, you know, live a healthy lifestyle, keep, keep fit. And you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna help you through the long, like in the long run, because I personally believe that, you know, health and fitness is like one of the key pillars of, of life and happiness because without it, I mean, it doesn't matter how, you know, financially set you are and all this stuff. Like if you don't have your health, I mean, it's going to be the one thing that you're going to be asking for. Oh, mate, you just nailed it there. Like we can all be millionaires. We can live in these great things and think life's fine. But I tell you what, as soon as you get a family member that says they've been diagnosed with something or you've got six months, I'll tell you what, money doesn't help you there. Like it really doesn't. And I think even from like... Obviously, I'm, I was very lucky enough to work with very busy professional people in London, um, very high paid jobs and things like that. And actually getting them fitter, they actually earn more money. Because as soon as you become more productive, you learn how to manage your time, you're looking after your nutrition, you're eating foods that are going to, like you're more of a, like 
an effective machine in a sense. And it's like, that's just, that's just like, you are what you eat. It's a real basic term. Like if you look after what your insides, it's like, if you eat crappy food, you're going to get bad skin, whatever it is. And it is just, you've only got one body and one life at the end of the day. And I'm just, in my opinion, I'm like, why would you not look after it? Like, I want to be happy in my skin and things like that. Like we have days where we like, could be a bit bigger, could be a bit skinnier. But overall, if you can look back and be like, I was healthy and uh, all my family were healthy. That's, I think that's the biggest win of all time. Yeah. So as a coach yourself, how much do you, how much weight do you put on, you know, coaching as a necessity on kind of, you know, success or getting to where you're at? I'm assuming like you, you were saying that you have coaches as well as the fact that you coach other people. Where do you put, you know, how important, I guess, would you consider having a coach? Um, sometimes I like the pinnacle, like it's, it's, it's so important, man. It's like, when do you ever get like, I'll always relate you back to anything like uh, NFL team or a football team. Like they have managers, they have coaches, but these guys are the best in the world at what they do. Like Tiger Woods has a swing coach. Like yeah, he can hit a golf ball, but he has a swing coach. And it is, it's not even so much about the biggest thing that I've learned with coaching is learning to emotionally detach from your own training and nutrition. Because if I wrote myself a training program, I'd be like, I know loads of exercises that are good, but should I be doing this rep range or this rep range? I have someone telling me like, boom, 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 do this. I'm like, and straight away, stress is gone sort of thing. It's someone overseeing things that's not emotionally attached to you. Because when you wake up every day and you have to be your own coach, it's hard. It is hard. Like when you have to be that self-critical on yourself to be like, you aren't working hard enough, but it's a, it's a lot easier when someone else tells me that be like, dude, you need to pull your finger out of your ass. You need to come and sort, sort your stuff out. Um, I just think, and also it's like anything like you learned from like anything, like you learned from EJ growing up, everything like that. He was technically your coach and then just like, that's it. But he's, he's done it all. He's learned and he's just teaching you how to do this. And that's it. And he's looking at it from an outside point of view. It's like, I oh, do like just drop your edge a little bit more and you're like oh yeah that makes sense and it's just all these little things seeing it from an outside source and different eyes coming into the situation is massive and it's just it's everything it's the accountability this the support it's the guidance it's the education it's everything like always learn from someone that's better than you and it's i always think it's the same as your circle it's like surround yourself with people that want the best for you or potentially are better than you because if you're, if you hang around, I guarantee if you hang around with billionaires, you would probably become a billionaire purely because of the habits and the routines you pick up. If you hang around with drug addicts and smokers, you might become a drug addict or smoker. It's, it's just like that. Yeah. They say, uh, you're, you're the accumulation of the five people that you spend the most time with. Um, and I totally believe it. And, and just like what you're saying, it doesn't matter what you want to do or what you're doing you're more likely to become like the people that you hang out with, whether you want to or not. Like it just, <clears throat> you, you might, you might not want to be, you know, a drug addict, but if you're hanging out with a whole bunch of people that are, you know, using drugs or whatever, that's probably the route you're going to fall into. If you hang out with successful people or millionaires or, you know, professional athletes, whatever it is, you're probably going to just fall into that path. So it really comes down to just, you know, uh, a dedication and focus on who you are spending time with because it, it is that important. And I think that was the nice thing about lockdown, to be honest. I think, 
I don't think like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't know if it's so much finding yourself, but it's, it's just, it's learning to, it's learning yourself, more self-awareness. Um, and I think that's the nice thing about lockdown because most of the time we're caught up in this busy world and it's the only time where someone's told you, right, you have, you cannot leave your house and you're stuck in your own thoughts. And you learn a lot about yourself with those own thoughts massively. You learn about your insecurities. You learn about what you're good at, what you're bad at. Okay, even like from your point of view, like even as a parent, do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not the best cook. So maybe, do you know what I mean? Or vice versa. Um, and it is just being very self-aware. And that's the, that's the scary part. And I think it's when you have to be critical in yourself, it's like, I'll always say, I always say to people, it's your, as soon as you take control of everything you do in your own life, it's, it's, it's scary what happens. If you're responsible for everything, the reason you're gain weight is that's your fault. No one forced you to do this. And I think as soon as you kind of sometimes just take a step back and realize that you're like, oh, it's a bit scary. But if you run with it, it's a good thing. Yeah, there's uh, there's something we said for you know taking, um, you know accountability for all of your actions and 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 everything that's happened uh, within your life because for I mean people will always say you know oh well this happened to me or whatever and it's like yeah okay this may have happened to you but there's also the flip side where you could say did you stop this from happening or whatever um, there was a quote that I I forget who said it but. Um, or it's not as much of a quote, but more of just like a concept where he was saying, you know, if an, uh, an asteroid came down and crushed my wife, yes, you could say like, oh, that's not my fault. But at the flip side, I could say I did nothing to stop it from happening when I know that there's people out there that are, you know, maybe a little bit wild or whatever, but that are like tracking these, you know, asteroids that come close to the earth and, and whatever. And he's like, and I've never donated to them or whatever. So in, in some ways, you know, there's always accountability. And uh, once you take that extreme ownership, it, it just changes your life forever, for sure. Yeah, massively. And yeah, you nailed it on the head with that. And it's, it's I think it's, that's why it's, it's a hard thing. It is a hard thing, especially if you look at it from a performance or an athlete point of view. You have to be very critical on yourself, especially as a solo sport or something you do on your own. It's very different. Like, Kayaking is a prime example, just like bodybuilding. Like you go out as a team, you go out as a group of people, but as soon as you're there, you are on your own. So the reason something goes wrong is because you messed up. And that's, that's all it comes down to. That's it. So there's no one else to blame. You can't like, like, yeah, you can blame, oh, a surge happened in the water and things like that. But like, if you've been training on that feature for four weeks, you know, that's going to happen. You know that that's there and things like that. So it nature's a tough one but <laughs> but oh, for sure. if it's, if it's consistent and you know it's there then that's it yeah i i always was drawn to the single sports because of that a little bit more where it's like there is nobody else to blame except for myself and mm. with that you know if, if there's success it's also because of myself and so since i was young i don't know why but it, it definitely was something that always kind of drew me towards uh those singular sports but that is, yeah, it says a lot about people's personality, doesn't it? And I think as well, as well, when people do uh, like team sports as well, it's kind of that like introvert, extrovert kind of thing. That's it. Like I've definitely become more of an introvert the older I've got. I'm very good in my own space. I'm very good at like just tucking away into a room and cracking on with things. Um, it all just comes down to a personality type, but then that comes down to your genetic makeup then, which is crazy. I think I've even read like happiness is genetic. Hmm. Like there's, 
I think that was nuts. Like, so if like genetic formula, if your parents or grandparents are actually not as bubbly and things like that, I'm like, genetically, that's actually built into you. And there's not much you can do. Obviously, you can change about like who you hang around with, things like that. But some people are just, I guess, not sadder, but just quieter people and things like that. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, I'll try and find some studies on it. Senti is great. Interesting. So uh, what advice would you have for someone that wants to become a fitness coach and, and doesn't know where to start? Um, start studying. Real simple. We've got the internet now. So whatever kind of fitness you're into, sometimes just like look, watch YouTube videos. Like, I remember when I was younger, I watched like a million videos of you like kayaking and things like that. And that's it. You learn. You just literally learn from that. Um, obviously it depends like if you want to go into the industry just get your qualifications but honestly the qualifications it's almost like your driving license like you get your driving license but you don't know actually know how to drive yet kind of thing so you need to go out there and learn and I think when it's definitely fitness and it's all that sort of stuff science is evolving so you kind of have to keep up with things keep up with trends and stuff like that it's a constant education process and I'll always preach to people like practice what you preach it's like, if you couldn't do an air screw and like, why, why would I listen to you if you couldn't do it? I know that sounds a bit about like, you know exactly how it feels. You know how to drop it, throw it, boom, boom, boom. It's the same. I'm not going to give you an exercise that I don't know how it feels. And I don't know what kind of like aggravation it might feel here, here and here. So practice what you preach always. Like I'm never going to tell someone to stick to this meal for 12 weeks because like, because I feel like saying it. I'm like, no, because I've done it. It's not fun, but I've done it. Right. No, that's great advice. Definitely practice what you preach. I mean, it, it's simple, but it's, uh, it's so true. It's just like anything. Just don't stop learning. Just don't stop learning. No matter how old you get, you always learn something every day. It's like, I was cleaning something today and I was like, water's going to leave a smear, isn't it? I know it does, but it's going to leave a smear. <laughs> but I left it, left a smear sort of thing. So it's just, it's just life lessons all the time, but just keep educating yourself travel as much as you can network with people. That's it. That's awesome. Uh, so Brennan, where do you see yourself going from here? I mean, obviously you've had great success so far. What's, uh, what's the next, you know, one, yeah. three, five years looking for you. You think, man, do you know what? I don't like that question always gets me. Um, honestly, I don't know where I'll be in five years time. I have goals. Um, in my head, I just focus on the 24 hours in front of me. I'll have little goals throughout the week and things like that. But if I keep ticking off the daily goals, I'll eventually get to those bigger goals. In five years time, I'd love to have a very, like, a very successful online coaching business, potentially people working under me or with me as a team. Um, I want the brand to be big. Um, my own body, potentially like at a professional level. Um, I'd love to have like, like anything own house be nice to have a family in five years time sort of thing um but I, I don't know where i'm going to be tomorrow some days so as long as i keep having those goals in my head and i keep stepping forward to them that's that's all that matters to me that's it and just keep ticking off the boxes that need to be ticked that's it yeah i think there's extreme value to having goals and then also like exactly what you were saying working backwards to you know, if you've got this huge goal, work backwards to the yearly, monthly, and then daily goals of like how to, to kind of get to where those huge goals are. That's all it is. Like everyone's, it's like 
like you can use it a prime example you're like you want to be a world champion but how do you get there you're like right i need to be hitting a thousand point ride consistently every time that's it so what okay cool i need to build up to a 700 point ride then a 900 point ride boom 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 until that mark is there and it's like olympic athletes train four years to shave 0.1 seconds off a time and you're like so cool so like next week we're going to save 0.02 off and things like that and it is just there is no fancy thing it's showing up every day being consistent and just make sure whatever you do in life it doesn't even need to be finished just make sure you love it because if you don't love it you're never going to stick to it there's going to be times that you don't enjoy it like everything like when you get in the water it's like freezing cold that's it like it would be nice to wear a shorty and just be in uganda sort of thing but we're here sort of thing um but it is just showing up and just it's just showing up every day and just executing at 110 percent. that's all i'll ever say to people yeah i think having passion for anything that you do is extremely important um yeah i mean whatever you do in life i think you know enjoying it there's something to be said anyway about enjoying it because that's that's where the longevity is going to be for sure oh mate life's too short life's too short if you're doing stuff that's you're making you unhappy i'm like Far out. you're here once i'm like i don't care if you spend all your money but if you're happy to do whatever you want like happiness is the ultimate success like if you can die and you are happy you're set like you are set that's yeah you it. won <laughs> yeah that's it you won life and that's an impressive thing to win <laughs> yeah okay well thanks brandon we're gonna move on to the next part of this podcast is our favorite five where I ask each guest uh, these same five questions. So we're going to try to just rapid fire through these. We're going to kick it off with um, what is one mistake that you have made in the past couple years that taught you a valuable lesson? Damn, that's hard. That is hard. Um, Living up to my word probably is a big one. Like saying even anything like, right, I'll get this done today and not getting it done and things like that. And kind of just just saying things that aren't going to be executed if that makes sense i'd rather stay quiet and like just get the job done but probably promising things that i couldn't deliver massively yeah interesting do you live by an inspirational quote uh or do you have any like quote that you you know think of daily not particularly i have like i think there's one i don't know if i don't know who said it i don't know if it's made up um I think it was like something like anybody has the ability to like achieve greatness, but it's like, it all comes down to the individual themselves or something like that. Um, but not particularly. No, I think the the nicest one that I like is just really simple. And it's just like focus on the 24 hours in front of you. Sometimes just live in the present and things like that, but not particularly. Um, no, I don't, I feel that's a letdown. I don't really have a particular quote. No, I, I think that the concept of living, you know, 24 hours at a time is, is perfect because yeah, you, I think there's, you know, it's good to live in the moment and it's good to just realize, obviously have goals and stuff like that. And I think goals are extremely important, but, but you know, you've got to live in the moment too. You can't just always live into the future. Yeah. So I think just the world we live in now is very much like go, go, go the whole time. And sometimes just like take a step back. I'm like, you can't go, go, go the whole time. So just focus what needs to be done now. Yeah. Um, what are you currently reading or what would be one of your most favorite books? Oh, do you know what? I don't even read. How bad's that? I listen to loads of podcasts. 
Um, I've actually got a couple of business books. I think one's here actually. What's it called? It's Man Up. Man Up. I've just started that. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, podcast wise, um, things like um, more like business ones, I guess. So it's things like, um, is it the Wolf of Wall Street guy, the um, mm-hmm. Jordan Belfort things, things like that are really good. I really enjoy those ones. Um, I'm actually getting more into learning how to write better because I'm like the worst dyslexic. So I'm actually listening to a kind of podcast to how to like get you to write better. Like how would you script things out um, and things like that. Um, but mostly podcasts are kind of just based around fitness or education, that front or business things. And that's it. You know, I'm a huge uh, fan of podcasts as well. I, I listen to them a lot when I'm like, if I go for a bike ride or definitely when I'm in the car traveling, which I do a lot. So huge, huge podcast listener myself for sure. Um, I mean, that's probably a big reason of why I started this, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what do you consider one of your most awesome memories or moments in life? You know what? It would be kayaking. It would be something along those lines. I think um actually it's a lot you know what this is going to sound really corny now because you're here but i remember sitting in the eddy with you and like a bunch of other guys for the first time when i was like i don't know 14 and it's like sitting like next to michael jackson i mean it's like it's like you've just seen like someone like you've idolized so much and then you're like a like it's like a girl crush you're like oh he's right there just don't touch him like it's, it's one of those um but honestly that's probably it like kayaking was definitely like it brought me like the best people in the world. Um, and it was the most incredible, incredible upbringing. Um, so honestly it was, it was so many, man, so many, but it was always on the water for sure. Yeah. There's, there's lots of incredible memories that I've got from kayaking too. It's the, the, the sport just has such a unique environment of individuals. Like everybody's just so nice. I don't know. I've always really enjoyed kayaking because of that for myself anyway. Um, one of our last questions here. So if you could go back into time and, and meet yourself at any age and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Probably like late teens, maybe like probably 16 to kind of 18, maybe. And I don't know, like, just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Like no one's, I think we've said it, but no one's going to live your life for you. Like, who cares what he thinks about you? Like, if you're worried, like, if you're eating down the street and you're like, well, oh, don't like people eating, you're never going to see that person in your life. Who gives a fuck sort of thing? And just don't care what people think. If you love something and you want to do something, do it. It's like probably people like, oh, I'll start a podcast. Like, oh, why are you going to start a podcast? It's a bit like, you're like well, I want to start one. So do you. That's it. But just don't care what people think. Do what makes you happy and do you. That's it. Yeah. No, you do you. I mean, that's, that's perfect. It's, it's exactly, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more for that because I have had that issue myself in the past where I, I get too caught up on what other people think or what, I, I don't even know if it's what other people think, but it's like, I get caught up on what other people might think. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. I'm just like, Oh, I wonder like, and yeah. you just gotta, you just gotta leave that, you know, get all that weight off. And just, if it's something you enjoy, something that you want to do, whatever, it's something like, yeah just just chase your dreams do it do you i love that piece and i guarantee that's probably 99.9 percent of what holds people back in life it could be anything oh my mom doesn't want me to do this because i'm like who you're not your mom like i know she's your mom but she's not going to live the rest of your life with you it's that simple it's like 
cool. She's, she might, she's going to pass away. I know it's a horrible thought, but she will. But if you get to 40 and then you like, you've lived your life up into 40 thinking what you did, what your parents wanted you to do. It's like, man, like what in the 40 years? Like far out, you're not getting those back. Yeah. Crazy to think about when you really, when you really take a moment and, and just, you know, mm. think about it. Brandon, this has been awesome. Thank you so very much for, for your time. There's so many nuggets of gold that you've dropped here for us. Uh, I've got one final question for you, uh, and that would be, what is your definition of awesome? Cool. Do you know what? We're going to be corny, and it's just to be happy again. That is awesome. It is just to be happy and love, love the situation, the environment, the family you're with, friends. Um, that's, that is awesome. So if you're going to sit, have a barbecue with the best people around you and it's relaxing, that's, that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. So being happy with the right people. Yeah, no, that, that is awesome. I don't think anybody, you know, on earth would, would argue with you on that for sure. Hard to not, hard to not want to be happy in life. No Uh, way. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, this is, this has been an incredible episode. Thank you so very much. Where's the best way for someone to get a hold of you, whether it's online or to check out your um, online classes and coaching for fitness, bodybuilding, any of that kind of stuff. How's the best way for someone to get uh, in touch with you? I guess like anyone nowadays, probably Instagram's pretty good. Just at Brandon Hepburn. Um, Facebook, I believe is just at Brandon Hepburn as well. And then my website is just www.brandonhepburn.com. That's pretty much where I live. Yeah. Cool. So there you guys go. Uh, if you're interested in fitness, bodybuilding, you want to you know, take your body to the next level, definitely go hit up Brandon. He's got lots of great stuff. And even if you just go on his Instagram and check out some of the photos, I mean, you'll definitely quickly realize that uh, he's no joke and uh, he's definitely you know, stepping up his game for sure and bringing value to all the people that he's been coaching again. Thank you so very much for coming on the show with us and thank you to you guys listening out there. Um, if you guys found any value in this, please share it with someone that you think might need to hear this episode today as we try to continue to grow our community and share this message. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and review as that helps us a ton growing our community. Now, again, thank you guys all and let's all go and have an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.